Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour, Richard Geiger. News you can trust. It's a convention of knowledge. That's right. It's a convention, at least, of entertainment. We are going to be revisiting a subject that we have talked about a handful of times over the years, probably because it's something that is near and dear to my heart. And it's something that uh, uh, just brings me joy each and every year. We're going to be talking about Gen Con Indianapolis 2023. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It is enormous. Um, um, let, let, let me ask, since we're immediately going off of the Gen Con and something that you just said, um, where you say it's near and dear to your heart. Before we dig into this year, how many years do you have you gone to this convention? Well, I have been to every single Gen Con that has existed since it moved its uh, headquarters to Indianapolis. So that uh, started in 2003. Um, there was one year they didn't hold a live convention because of the pandemic. So if you count that, I have been to 21 Gen Cons. That's a lot of Gen Cons. That's a lot of Gen Cons. So when it, when it comes time for you to go to this, your prep for this from being able to get time off as a family from your work and school and, and obligations, that goes back for months and months and months. When is typically... For your family, the request to have off from works, plural. When do those go in place? January of the year that it happens. <laughs> Always. So there, there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of prep. There's a lot of thought process that goes into this visit. It is the vacation of anticipation every year, you would yes. say. Yes, it is. It is. No matter what I am doing in my life at the time, this is a focal point. It's the, you know, you talk about uh, a Christmas story where they say, oh, Christmas is the, the focal point of the kids' year. Everything revolves around it. Well, for our family, Gen Con is that focal point. We, we always, almost always all go. Now, we don't always necessarily go to all four days. I mean, sometimes things happen. Sometimes money has been tight when I was in you know, the college years or post-college years, you know, you can't always afford to go to the whole thing. Uh, but at the very least, I would go to a single day. Uh, but with the exception of the time or two that I did that, I've been, you know, all four days. If I can get there early, I want to be there early sort of a thing. Hmm. Very, very good. So tell us, tell us about this year. Well, this year has kind of recovered from the previous year. Um, I don't know if you listeners uh, remember the previous time we talked about this. Uh, again, still recovering from the pandemic. They had put some procedures in place to make sure everyone is masked and all that sort of stuff. And there were fewer attendees. They were capping things. None of that this year. It is back to its full extent. Just a, just a crap ton of people. <laughs> All in very close proximity. I would say that the, the mast ratio was somewhere around 5 to 10% of the crowd, probably. Um, but 
one thing about the particular subset of individuals that tend to go to these conventions. Maybe it's just my own personal bias, but I like to think that gamers in general tend to be nicer, tend to be smarter. <laughs> they, they understand that if they are terribly sick, they're not going to go, they're not going to inflict something like that on other people. Obviously, you can't always control these things. You don't know you're sick sometimes, but... I did not see a bunch of people coughing and sneezing and wheezing. And so if people were sick, they stayed home. And That's that, the way to do it. Yeah. Now, in, in a mass of humanity like you see in this, when there's a lot of people and more people now than have been in the last few years because they had it wide open, we do have to touch on briefly the actual convention center in mm -hmm. Indy. Because if you haven't seen it and... You know, if you're listening and you're not from the Midwest, you probably don't know about or haven't seen or honestly may not even care about the convention center in Indy. But honestly, there's a lot that goes on at this place and it's big and it's nice and you can you can do a lot in the space that's provided. Well, one of the one of the fun things about being uh, a well-traveled nerd uh, is I've gone to a lot of convention centers throughout some larger cities and, you know, obviously some are going to be nicer than others. But even when you think of something like Chicago, you think, wow, Chicago, I bet it would be ideal for uh, a convention like this. No. They, they thought about moving to Gen Con at one, uh, uh, to, to Chicago at one point, and it just wasn't feasible because of the sheer number of people that attend. Even though Chicago is a very large city, they don't have the same kind of infrastructure in place to really host this kind of affair. I mean, and that's that's the big thing. It's not like they don't have space, but is the space all next to each other? Is the space easily accessible? Is it priced in the way that won't cause a lot of people to not be able to attend? You know, all those factors that go into it. Now, I'm not saying that Gen Con is cheap. It's not. Uh, but compared to something like a San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about one simple thing, uh, housing. So if you're going to be somewhere that has uh, hotels and you're talking about what it would be here, let's say the ticket's the same, your transportation's the same, your hotel cost in Chicago is not going to be the same as what it is no. here. And although there are many in walking distance in Chicago for the downtown area, maybe where the convention center is at, that's not the case. But in Indy, that is the case. Yeah, uh, We're in the heart of Big Ten country, right? So if you're a sports person, a lot of the Big Ten championships for football and basketball, men's and women's, have been appearing a lot, the majority of the time, here in Indy. Uh, they'll move it around to New York from time to time just to kind of get the East Coast presence on things. But a lot of those big, like, weekend-long sporting events happen right here in Indy. Yeah, if you look at a lot of organizations really consider Indianapolis to be a prime location to hold larger events. I mean, it's just, like I said, that the way that the convention center is, is on its own, just massive. And can hold often multiple different events simultaneously because not everybody is going to have an event the size of a Gen Con. But I've seen them do like Future Farmers of America and like two other big events at the same time. 
and still have space left over. Um, so it's it's kind of uh, kind of impressive in that respect. A lot of the uh, adjoining hotels are connected via Skywalk, and even the one that we stayed in, we weren't lucky enough to get one of those hotels this year. It was still only two blocks away. Yeah, just right down the road. Just a quick walk. It's a safe walk. Um, yeah, I mean, you're still going to have uh, a certain amount of individuals on the street because, like any other large city, there's there's unfortunately a, a number of people that don't have homes and they they are going to be there. So this is often one of the the struggles that you'll see of of the the people that that go to the convention. It's like because the plight is real and you see them. It's like okay, what do you do? Uh, you're here to enjoy things with your family and you're here to you know, be able to game, but there are people that are around you in real need. And uh, so you have to make that decision uh, uh, in a personal and, and you know, way that, that, that makes sense to you. Also, you have to be prepared, especially as we get towards the Sunday day of the event, to be preached at by a variety of people that think that because you're a gamer, you're also... Uh, like Bobby Boucher's mom would say, of the devil. <laughs> yes, and you are in the Bible Belt, right? You're the whole, like deep heartland here of that Bible Belt. So that that, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I would figure there'd be people trying to sell you something as well all on the streets too. Definitely. Uh, you know, whether it's, hey, I've created my own album and now I'm going to sell it to you. Uh, or if it's just... I'm selling gum on the street corner to like whatever it is. You know, I feel like nowadays if you're going to walk around any of those cities, that's the type of atmosphere and attitude that you're going to see at not all, but a lot of cities for sure. Yeah. Um, I was in Chicago recently and every stinking block I was at, it was either someone selling an album or gum or candy. So like it's just it's just kind of the thing now. Yeah, one of the things if you're not familiar with Gen Con is they have such a plethora of not just events that are about gaming but things that are associated with the convention specifically. They'll have concerts. They will have performers of a variety of different kinds. There's always a Gen Con beer that's released. They had a Gen Con wine this year. They had Gen Con sodas this year. You know, they're, you know, special just for the convention. There's just all sorts of different things that, that you can find that's really, really impressive. I mean, it just shows the the stature of this convention. I mean, it's uh, it's come a long ways from 1967. Now I have a question for you, and I honestly don't expect you to know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, these beers, wines, sodas, are they created locally? Yes. Well, usually, yes. Because if you don't know, there are a lot of, a lot. I mean, we're in Bloomington, and there's tons of them here. Just tons of uh, breweries, distilleries, uh, wineries. I, I'm telling you, you wouldn't think that there would be as many as what there are here. There are a ton here, and there's a lot in Indy as well. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this before. One of the other things to kind of expect with Gen Con is they they are focused on games, primarily, you know, board games, uh, role-playing games, card games, 
games of chance role playing is a is a huge aspect. I mean, it's Dungeons and Dragons. That's Gygax from the beginning. Um, in earlier years, they had a, a, a hard focus on, on also bringing in celebrities. Not so much anymore. I think they realized that it just it wasn't the draw that people were coming for. I mean, it's always neat, but yeah. but it wasn't really what they were there for. Um, and they'll still have celebrities. The kinds of celebrities have changed a little bit. I mean, a lot of YouTube people, um, a lot of streamers, Twitch streamers and YouTube streamers and you know content creators of a different type. And I think that's okay. You know, um, that, that content creation process has changed so much here recently that – I, I would think, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I would think that that audience at Gen Con, um, that target audience kind of fits in well with the mold of the, the Twitch streamer or the, the person who's got a good YouTube channel or maybe if they're, they're on to kick now. Uh, th- there are a lot of good platforms for people who do gaming and whether we're talking about uh, gaming from tabletop gaming, uh which which is what we would see a card games things like that uh whether it's video games all the gaming industry as a whole has a gigantic you know whole a lot of that has really kind of gravitated towards that type of platform so i can only see that that presence you know getting bigger as years go on yeah i i think you're absolutely correct about that each each year over the last several years i have noticed more and more either the booth itself is rigged for for video and sound, or it's a small aspect of the the display of whichever you know group has rented space within the Gen Con main floor. It's really kind of kind of crazy, and I I'll pass it and I'll go, oh wow, that's a really nice setup. I wish I had that camera. I like that mixing board. <laughs> Just, I like the toys I see here. Yeah, it's all really nice. But it also presents some people that are trying to do their content as like walking around Gen Con. You know, I've done that myself. Get the GoPro, get the video going mm-hmm. high and everything. But my goal is, and my way of doing it was a lot different in the sense like I want to get the video, but I don't want to get in people's way. And I don't want to adversely affect the the people who have purchased space and who have put work into their games and their artwork. You know, I don't want to I don't want to just be give, basically giving stuff away for free that they have made. But I tell you what, some of these streamers just, they just don't care. They've got their harness harness on, they got their video going. They're just going to go up and do whatever. It's really really weird. A phone a uh, phone on a gimbal type thing. Indeed. I was going to ask if the presence for that type of person oh really a creator like that if you saw more of that this year oh yeah definitely a lot more of them the the funny thing is there really shouldn't be those people there not because i don't think that they should be there but there's just um an issue in in the way that the the convention works that there's not enough space you are shoulder to shoulder with people most of the time and that to, to actually run that stuff right, you got to have just a little bit more space than what you've got normally. And you're so focused on your phone and the way that the picture is being, uh, the video is being taken and all that sort of stuff, 
you're not paying attention to about seven individuals that are going to run you over mm-hmm. on their way to get whatever it is they're doing because, you know, you're just not paying attention. And what you had said, if you had the GoPro, but let's say you had the GoPro strapped, right? Because there's a chest mount, there's a head mount, there's, yep. you can put it on a stick and you can just have it up above everybody. Instead I did of the stick. Right in front of everybody's uh, face. So there are ways to mitigate that, but that's, you know, if that is your game where you do the content creation, unfortunately nowadays it's the phone or the uh, the larger camera that you're hauling around on on a gimbal with uh, with some type of mic on the top, right, to pick up all the sound. And oh yeah, and that's just kind of in the age group. I would say you're you're not going to see a lot of people going around to certain types of gatherings doing that. But in this type of gathering with the age group and the type of things that people are going to consume. I could really see that being prevalent for sure. Yeah. They did in one of the major thoroughfares have kind of a little stage set up for some interviews that were going to be done with a bunch of these YouTube, uh, as I make the finger uh, <laughs> quotes, uh, celebrities. Celebrities. Uh, going going to be talking to them. And I, I probably shouldn't do it. That's, that's, that's maybe a little condescending. It's not my intention. It's just I feel like I've somehow been thrown into that age bracket. You know, I always said I wasn't going to become that old person that was so disconnected from the current whatever it was that mm-hmm. I would go, back in my day. But I'm sorry. I, I don't get most of the stuff. It's just it's just not interesting. And, and see, I'm, I'm the opposite. If there, there, there's a couple, if there was a one, two, three, four different streamers that, that were, that I could think of, that if they were there, I would be super psyched to see or interact or just get a picture with them. Probably not at this type of convention, unfortunately, because yeah. that's, that's not the gaming system that they participate in. I guess I, still. I shouldn't be too surprised because, you know, I, I don't like to watch basketball or sports. You know, if I'm playing, it's one thing, but I don't want to watch it. And a lot of these these things are people that are running games, and and you get to basically watch them play whatever role-playing game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch somebody play a role-playing game. I want to play the role-playing game. So that that's probably really where that hits me. So it's nothing to do with them. It's just because I'm kind of a little weird in that sense. Yeah, and, you know, part of that has to be the personality, well, not only of you, but, like, the personality of the person on the on the other end who is playing the game. Because if you're just watching someone, you know, maneuver and do their thing, that, that, that might, that's not going to have the excitement. But if they've no. got a personality and they're telling you what they're doing, why they're doing, how they're doing, and maybe they've got a good group of friends that are, you know, jokes or excitement or something happens and that everybody gets into it, maybe that's a di- maybe that's a different atmosphere and attitude with that too. But I could see I could see like, hey, we've got this thing set up so you can watch us play a game. Exciting. Well, you had spoken before uh, and we had spoken about because we love comic books and we love uh, movies and things that revolve around that. You know, Joe Manganiello has a group that gets together to do gaming. Oh, yeah. So that would be one to me that would be entertaining because not only would they be playing with other, uh, you know, celebrities possibly or most likely, 
but we would be hearing stories about their interactions on movie sets or when they were growing up. So there'd be more entertainment value in that besides what was being presented to us. Definitely. That's that's something I would watch. Yeah, yeah. See, it, it's all about the... I think it's just about the personality because if the people are really, really, really good at that game, you watch for the skill. But how many people are really, really, really good at that game? So yeah, they're they're, they're trying to trying to come up with a story that people really get invested in. But I know my sons; they they love several of these podcasts. Uh, it's it's really kind of impressive to kind of listen to them go on about it. So it's 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 definitely got a following, and it's only going to get bigger. Um, now the one kind of real celebrity that I I did see while I was there was Deborah Ann Wall was present. In fact, I saw her day one. <laughs> she was about to go up on the stage to to do one of the interviews. It's like oh, and it's and it's one of those instances where I'm still getting my bearings. Like I know her. Where do I know her from? Mm-hmm. Oh right. <laughs> it's like oh, it's so cool. Apparently, she's a big gamer. Yeah. Um, now, it, it wouldn't surprise me that maybe she grew up with it or maybe she was introduced to it by Joe Manganiello. Right. And th- that wouldn't surprise me at all um, because she was a vampire for a while before she was <laughs> um, an investigative journalist or wait, what, what, what before that she was a, an assistant, right? I, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she's, been, she's been around the industry for a little while, had some... Really nice parts here and there. And uh, now I have to say, I feel really bad about one thing. You know, I, I talk about every year, you know, learning something new um, and, uh, you know, trying to make the experience better, uh, easier, you know, mm-hmm. more vacationy than the last time. Um, and, you know, for, for one, Gen Con actually does its best to try and try and help with that. Um trying to think of the name of the street that leads to the convention center is actually the street that we use to get from the hotel to the convention center usually has all the food trucks on it. But this year they moved all of them behind the convention center uh, nearer to the exit to the stadium uh, because they're starting work on a brand new hotel Mm. that's going to be right in that spot that's going to have 800 rooms. And so it's going to be the largest building in Indianapolis or tallest. That's a lot of rooms. Once it's done, yeah. And it's going to be right there. So just right next to the convention center, I think this will help a lot with the the sheer number of people. It's going to be quite a few years before it's done, at least three. Yeah. Um, and so that meant everything got moved to the back, but it was actually kind of better that way. There's a little more room for it. They actually had some better seating. Um, so they did that. They took one of my favorite things. I always like to go to the auction every year. Because they have a consignment room, if if I had three of me, I would have somebody sit in the auction and actually listen and bid on things. But I don't have that kind of don't have that kind of time. Uh, but it it was always right off the main thoroughfare, and they moved it into the Marriott, so it had its own kind of ballroom. So it had more space. You weren't shoulder to shoulder with the people in the consignment room. And it didn't create a clog in the hallways like it did previously. So, I mean, that just made things better. But the one thing that I did this year that I'm I'm still mixed feelings on, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I made the right move. Uh, but at the same time, I know I probably missed some stuff. I completely skipped uh, the, the art exhibit in Author Alley. 
Hmm. Now, in the past, in your visits, upon going to those sections, did you ever make a purchase? Uh, I never bought anything from the author or art. Well, I, no, that's not true. In the 21 times that I've gone, twice probably, I purchased something from the artist's exhibits. So for you personally, it's low priority. Yeah. The, well, the problem is the artists and the authors, they're fantastic. You know, if I had a chance to talk to them for a little while, uh, get to know them, you know, kind of that sort of thing, that'd be great. You can't do that at a convention. They got to be there to make some money, man. Mm-hmm. Even the even the friends of the show that I stopped by and a couple of them were there, I only touched base, base with briefly because I am not going to get in the way of them making some money. Um, because, yeah, I just like, hey, I see you're here. I'm here to support, you know, but got to move on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like these things are a make or break, but for some of them, it is a huge portion of getting their product seen to other faces. Right. So it is important to have as much, you know, FaceTime and, and one-on-one with a customer, a paying customer that's going to come up. Uh, who were who were just like a couple of the familiar faces that you saw? Well, uh, one of our first interviews, if you'll remember, was with a uh, um, was with a uh, an artist that just kind of tends to go to as many gen or not just gen cons but conventions in general and do just uh, a, a bunch of really cool work. Um, uh, it's been been a very long kind of a kind of a day um i got you on the spot you here. did it was one of those things i wasn't i wasn't ready for it but uh but we saw so we saw some familiar faces but uh we've also david that was his first david david wong, david wong. yeah yeah we saw him in fort wayne yes yeah the one that i actually went to oh my gosh um so I, I know a lot of these folks do like to go around from place to place to place, especially the local ones here um, who live in the Midwest for sure like to go from place right. to place. Uh, we, I ran into Stuart Sager while I was there. Um, he looked tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's been a guest of the show a couple times, and he, he, from what I see, um, he keeps busy. Uh, that is for sure. He he does a lot to keep himself going. And that was pretty much who I saw because often they are big enough that they're not in Artist Alley. They have their own mm. thing out in the main floor. But uh, um, yeah, the for for a variety of reasons, they aren't going to be in uh, in the main part of the exhibit. Nice. So good good familiar faces there. Um, so you had said some of the changes and some of the things that you had learned in order to uh, make this experience better. Well, what have you learned from this experience to make your, your maybe next year's visit better? Oh yeah. So first things first, um, if you can afford it, a VIG pass is really nice. Now, unfortunately you're not going to get one (laughs) (laughs) unless you're listening and you already have one. You're not going to get one. They're all the way they do the VIG passes. Uh, you ha- Once you have it, until you no longer want it, you can keep repurchasing it, and they don't open up more spots. 
Hmm. So it's not a lottery. It's like it's like if you have season tickets to if I can relate this to something else. So there are certain allotment of season tickets to, let's say, the Pacers. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you've had those season tickets for the last 40 years, you keep those season tickets and you get the first priority on them. And if you want them to go to someone else, you you still get them and then you sell them to that someone else. So right. like it, it is a thing where they are a prized possession because there's so few of those things handed out. Right. And it, it is it is rare. You get put on a wait list. Like in this in this instance, there there really is a lottery for the ones that become available, but so few people let them go. It's like it's like actually winning a lottery in order to get one, hmm. and you would be paying a lot more because you know it's already about a hundred and twenty for four days uh, at the convention. It's over five hundred if you want to do the VIG, but you get a lot for that. You get first pick at housing. You get uh, an area with unlimited, you know, drinks and refreshments where you can just cool cool out for a minute. Uh, you get early access to the main floor. Uh, you get a bag full of games just to, to start the whole thing. That's nice. And, and so, I mean, it, they really do make it worth your while. It's, it's the one regret that I have because I had VIG for this at one point, but, you know, it was early on, and then I hit some – let us say it was not a financially prudent choice at the moment to keep it. And I thought, well, I can always go back. Well, would you have, um, was it just your one or what you had to have, you know, maybe two or four. So one person was the main VIG and then everybody else could be companion. And they, they were basically the same price as the regular tickets. So you only really had to pay that once. Okay. That's nice. But, uh, so that if you can manage to get it, that's, that's hugely a good thing but most of the other stuff i've learned i've just just there's a handful of different things that i i've come to the conclusion is is a, a kind of a no-brainer one get the commemorative cup 100 percent, because all of the food next to the convention center or in the convention center is stupidly expensive I mean, it, you will spend hundreds of dollars over the course of the vacation on meals if you aren't prepared. Now, we were lucky enough with our hotel. We had our breakfasts taken care of. Uh, so we just had, you know, lunches and dinners. And it's like, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it easy. We'll try not to go overboard. And even with that, it's still expensive. But you spend $16 on this cup day one, and you get your first drink, and then it's $1 refills. For the rest of the convention, it's a huge cup. So it's whatever's on tap. Yeah, I feel like that um, a lot of the parks that I've visited here recently, um, where am I thinking here? Uh, down in SeaWorld is the same way. You buy these cups and they're, they're like ridiculously expensive. But then with that cup, there's fountains that are all over the park and you just you get a refill on that particular fountain for free because you bought the cup so that does it's it stings because it's expensive up front right. but over the next however many hours days that you're utilizing it it, it pays for itself well i ended up getting uh nine drinks total on that so i got lucky a couple of times where they didn't charge me for the <laughs> the refill so that meant i only actually 
paid for the first cup and about six refills. So I spent $22 on nine drinks, which well, is not bad at all. You know, all. if you go to, uh, we love movies. If you go to the movie theater, of course the drink is going to be expensive. There, That's how you pay your employees. Right. Um, when you go to the convention store, when you go to a concert, when you go to a football game, like all those things, yeah, they're expensive because that's how you pay for your employees to be there. Um, so over four days, you know, three days, four days, and you pay 20 bucks, let's, let's round up. Let's go high and say 25 bucks, F- you know, five bucks a day, uh, six bucks a day to have a, a drink. That's actually pretty cheap. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And especially when you factor in the other food, like you go out to the food trucks, and the food trucks are generally pretty awesome. I mean, the people that come and bring their skills to this and slave it away in the heat and, and just uncomfortable conditions, but generally serving up pretty decent food, but they charge a premium for it. Like we found what we thought was a cheaper option, a taco truck that actually you know, did tacos. is like, oh, five bucks. They don't tell you how big the taco is. It's like, all right, before I order, how big's the taco? And he gave me an estimate. It's like, no, it's smaller than that, isn't it? Oh, okay, I'll take a couple. And I spent more than I would have spent just getting a sandwich and a drink from another truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just, oh, it just dropped $80 on three people. Freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's just, uh, so that's, that's number two thing that I learned. Uh, and don't take this the wrong way, but uh, screw the trucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, or or maybe more importantly, have a budget. Right. Right. So if you know that you're going to spend X amount of dollars on food per day, you know, have that budget. If you're lucky enough that you've got a spot uh, that you are in a hotel and it has a, a kitchen in it, and you're not really going to find that many around the convention center, I guess, but you have to go outside of the general convention area before you'll find one that's got like you know that tiny cheesy little kitchen in it right um that if you're good with in if you're living or you're just outside the 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 convention area you get breakfast outside of the convention area you get your dinner outside of the convention area and maybe you just do your lunch in the convention area it's a hard budget thing to make because you know, if you're there on your feet and you're walking around all day, you're just chewing through calories and oh, yeah. you, you got to have something. Now, do they allow you to take snacks inside with you? They do. And that's where I'm going with this. Ooh. So for next year, I'm going to make sure that the hotel I go to has a refrigerator and we're going to bring sandwiches. And that's because, you know, I'm, I'm going to have my game bag with me anyway because I'm going to be taking stuff. So... Uh, the main floor generally opens at 10. That's only two hours. If I have enough, you know, cooling in there with it, it's going to be fine by the time we're ready to eat it. Or if it's of, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly type, whatever, uh, it's going to keep anyway. Or I'm going to have, you know, some meat and, and some other things. Or we'll be close enough that we'll leave it in the room. We'll go back to the room and we'll have sandwiches and chips and drinks for lunch. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get whatever we want for dinner if we want to go out to the food trucks. Because that's the other thing. Food trucks at lunchtime with 70,000 people uh, is not good. It's hot and it's crowded. And even though they have more seating, they don't have enough seating. You're, you're trying to find a place. So a lot of people are sitting along walls, on sidewalks, you know, just anywhere they can get a spot. Yeah. And it's, it's awful. It's just not a good experience. So if I'm there to relax... No, I'm not doing that. One of my friends just loves like, yeah, I'm going to go out to the food trucks. Like, you go right ahead. 
good luck to you. Yeah, we're 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 fine. I'm going to be and actually the stuff in the convention center is not bad. We found some salads that they put together that are really good. Uh, you know, their their barbecue sandwiches are okay. Uh, their hot dogs are okay. Their pizzas less okay. Uh, <laughs> but they have, you know, club sandwiches and things like that. So if yeah. you want to have a quick something, it's as affordably priced as anything else you're going to find there. And it's quicker and it's close. But again, you're going to have to find a place to sit. So that's the other thing, you you know, plan plan that stuff out. So if you can, get an adjoining room because you're going to want to go back to your room, sit down, and just chill out for a minute. Um, and then you're generally going to be okay. But Indy does have a very good selection of uh, restaurants they in do. the surrounding area, including your go-to, which is? Not going to tell you because I don't want everybody to go there and to mess it up for me. <laughs> oh, the top secret one. But there are plenty of restaurants for both, you know, chain restaurants, local restaurants, steak restaurants, sandwich restaurants, oh, yeah, bars. I mean, th- there's a little bit of everything there. So if you're willing to just, you know, huff it a couple blocks down the road, you'll find a, a different restaurant mm-hmm. to go to as well. But be prepared. You're going to have to wait. At oh, yeah. all of them. Oh, yeah. There, there's, there's no getting around that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So that's that's something I learned. Um, and unless you're new to the convention, you may want to do this if you're new because it's an experience. The the opening of the halls the first day. I, I don't need that. I don't need everybody shoulder to shoulder to shoulder to shoulder to wait for uh, the, you know, Atkins to come out and tell everybody to not trample each other and then roll a giant die it's it's fun if you've never seen it and it's going to be a part of it but you know what i'll give it a half an hour i'll wait for everybody to get into the main hall then i'll go in i'm not in that big of a hurry to get any game i mean a lot of people's like oh i gotta get to the booth before they run out and it is a real thing it happened this year to several things that i really wanted to get but comparing my want to get that game and my want to be comfortable. Yeah, have some sanity. Right. No, I'll, I'll choose the latter each and every time. It'll be available. I'll get it online. It'll be fine. Now you can, a lot of these things, even talking to the people right there who are like, yeah, well, we ran out and I don't have it for you. I'm sure there's a way that they could say, hey, here's what you go to to order this thing. You may have to wait a couple weeks. may have to wait a month. But this is where you can go to order it directly from our site, from this, from that. So nowadays yep. it's it's not like what it was a long time ago where if you didn't have it yeah you're hose and you're not going to get it like there's a way to get the game it just may take some time speaking of which if you're going to go to the main hall i discovered another thing i'm i i joke sometimes saying that i'm ocd i'm not ocd i have certain predilections i like a certain level of order i don't actually have any real um impairments like so many people that really do struggle with that sort of thing. But you will find that a lot of game-oriented individuals have that same structured mindset. If you go into a group of aisles that are all numbered with all of the dealers, people are going to want to start at aisle 100. Or if they think that they're being really clever, they're going to want to start at the opposite end. Don't. Just start in the middle somewhere. Trust me, you'll thank me later. Because again, that's where everybody else is going to be. And it's going to be shoulder to shoulder and not moving very, very fast. 
and it will be uncomfortable and no fun. So you wait half an hour for a little bit of movement to happen. You go in, you go in the middle, and you work your way in the opposite direction, <laughs> and it works so much better. Yeah. You'll still get, if you, I imagine that if you pay attention, meaning uh, there's this many rows, aisles, I went to this one, now I need to go to this one, now I need to go to this one, that you'll still cover all the ground for mm-hmm. sure. Don't do not do like me for so many years and feel like you try to have to do the whole floor the first day. That's a lot of stress. I mean, if you want to, sure, but you're not really going to be able to enjoy anything or do anything. You won't be really demoing much of anything. You're just going to be taking a quick look because, I mean, it's, you know, 40 aisles. With X amount per, right? Yeah, yeah it's just it's just huge. Uh so I mean that's that's another thing that I have learned and and, and enjoyed. Um, so in terms of games that uh, came out, there's uh, the the creators of Everdell created a new kind of uh, game, much like Everdell that they they brought out that was very pretty and fun. They've got like an Everdell for kids game, a simplified version that was cool. In fact, they had their big Evertree. You could take pictures in it, and that was fun. Um, the makers of Great Western Trail came out with uh, a new game. Uh, uh, it's basically uh, similar to the previous game where you're herding cattle, and this instead of herding cattle, you're moving sheep. <laughs> Sounds silly, but it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's really it, they tweaked the strategy of the game. It's it's deep. It's got some deep strategy. That's the one that they didn't think things through. Uh, <laughs> they they had 130 copies on Thursday that they sold out of in the first hour, I think. Uh, they had 30 copies for uh, Friday, and, and that's it. Zero. Well, um, I thought you said they they thought it through, but there were delivery issues. They Is might have had was? some delivery issues. They may have not thought it through. I don't know exactly what it was. The positive thing, you could still demo the game and kind of see what was going on and play it, and it was great. <laughs> it was a really good game. What about ordering? Oh yeah, it's online. It's uh shipping, about 70 bucks. Shipping normal? Yeah, normal shipping. Um nice. you can get discounts on it. You know, you can find people that sell it for less than the 70. That's a good game. Um yeah, so I mean, really there were a lot of really great manufacturers that were there and a lot of great new games that came out and it's it was it was excellent. They had a pinball alley in the hallway that stretched towards the uh, stadium, there were probably about 30 different uh, pinball machines that you could play. That was a lot of, a lot of fun. They had a, um, a classic arcade room if you liked the old arcade games and tournaments to go with that. Um, it's And that's, I just barely scratched the surface. Of course, they had, you know, uh, Warhammer tournaments, uh, all sorts of fig game tournaments, of course, Magic the Gathering and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it was fantastic. Were you a wizard? Did you have... A wizard s- in what? Supple wrists? That one I have no idea what you're talking about. Pinball. Oh, oh, sorry. See? Mind wasn't there. Uh, no, no. I was terrible. Uh, I played several of them. I go, oh, this is really neat. What just happened? How come it keeps going straight down the center and I can't hit the ball? 
Uh, no, I was just god awful at all of them, but it was it was a lot of fun because I haven't had access to a a pinball machine in a long time. The thing about an actual physical pinball machine, you need to play a lot of games to get good at it because you have to learn the you know the idiosyncrasies of each game, where to let the ball go to, where to hit it off of, where it's going to come out of when certain things happen because that's where they get you because the it's like oh the ball is caught. Where is it going? Oh, that is not where I expected it to go. Surprise. Yeah, just, you know, but, you know, the longer you play it, the better you get. So I just blew money and grinned like a big dumb kid. <laughs> and That's okay. Towards the end of that, cursed a couple of times, but uh, still grinning for the most part. No tilts? Any of those? No, no, no tilts. I'm not going to break these guys' uh, these guys' games. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, so that's what I've that's what I've learned. Um, oh, one final thing I think I've learned. Generally speaking, when I get the 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 housing situation done, I'll get we'll get there Wednesday night so that we can be there for Thursday morning. So we'll stay Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm extending that next year. I'm going to stay one extra day because it is always a headache to leave because everyone wants to leave at the same time. Sunday afternoon sometime? Once the floors close up, yeah. <laughs> as soon as the main floor is done, everyone has back to the cars and tries to leave Indianapolis. Well, that's the thing, too. You're, if you're leaving, and your Sunday checkout's probably 10, 11, just depending on where you're at. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to throw all your stuff in your car and deal with all that stuff before you even can go, can go on Sunday. And then when you're done on Sunday, uh, then what do you do? Right. Well, yeah. okay, so we can't go to the convention there's nothing there we we've eaten enough food because that's all we did all weekend was you know eat food um i've walked around enough so i don't need any more exercise yeah so like what what are you what are you gonna do well i re- i felt really bad because some of my friends are from indianapolis it's like well let's play games like i gotta drive back to bloomington and then i gotta get ready to to go back into the grind the next day i'm tired uh, yeah, because like you said, I already vo- vacated the room, and we just got a space in the the main parking center. So it's just, yeah. Next time, I'm just going to stay an extra day, and then we will be able to lackadaisically walk around the main room, maybe try and take advantage of some of the late day deals because you can get some good stuff on the last day. And while everybody else is leaving, that's fine. That means nobody is going to be in any of the rooms in the adjoining hotels playing games, which means I could do that. You could do that. Very nice. Any uh, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, don't steal pallets of cards from the convention center. Pallets of cards. Yeah, that's something that happened this year that I've never seen happen. Uh, the convention center was robbed. Uh, people walked in act like they just kind of owned the place and brought a pallet jack and stole a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of worth of stuff. <laughs> just put a pallet just put pallet jack in. Out, out, out they went. Yeah. They, and the funny thing is they were right on camera. The authorities know who they are. I know. And if they don't, they're going to find out real quick because it was a clear picture. We couldn't see it. They blurred out the faces, but you could tell from the rest of it. It's like, yeah, they're going to be able to find out who that is in a heartbeat. Real quick. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so Gen Con, great time. Hopefully this will give you some more information, give you an idea about what to expect. Um, again, didn't even touch on all the other stuff, the movies you can watch, the panels you can go to, the the interactive performances that happen, the musicians that are around constantly. I mean, just, just uh, there's too much, too much. You would need, you would need, um, uh, three months to really do everything. Nah, it's not even doing everything, but it's doing a good vast majority of everything that's available in four days. That's crazy. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, until next time, uh, keep those games, uh, keep those games going. Keep having fun with things. We're going to come back with, uh, I think we're doing, going to do some, uh, reviewing next uh next week of maybe something that is blue and beetle shaped hair monome <laughs> yeah that's that's all i got yeah yeah no it's it's going to be fun we're going to be reviewing the the new dc film blue beetle uh you know it's i'm kind of excited i like the actor the lead well you like uh uh, Cobra, Cobra Kai, Kai so yeah. uh, that's, oh, yeah. which is a good show. So. Yeah, so it's, just, it's just good. Okay, until next week.